don't underestimate your knowledge. Over time, as you've been working, you have developed a knowledge base that you may not even realize. It's second nature to you. Like for me, it's partnerships, it's alliances. There are certain nuances to it that I don't even think about. To me, it's just second nature. And people ask me questions about it. And it amazes me that it's not common knowledge. So chances are you in your field, if you've been doing it, remember Malcolm Gladwell said, practicing something for 10,000 hours, you become an expert. You master that field. Well, that's roughly five years of working. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. If that describes you, then this is the podcast for you. If you're a freelancer, a startup or small business, a well-established company, a nonprofit, or even someone thinking about a second or possibly a third career, this is for you too. You see, here in Looking Forward, we focus on global trends in the future, but most importantly, on the opportunities they're creating. Our guest experts will not only tell you about those opportunities, they will also give you some tips to help you take the first steps toward capitalizing on them. I'm your host, Jeff Ostroff. Hi, everybody. Do you know what a fractional executive is? Are you someone who has the expertise to become one? Or are you a startup, small to mid-sized business, or nonprofit who could save time and money by using a fractional executive. If this interests you, please listen to what my guest expert, fractional executive Greg Plum of Partner Ready, has to say on this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. To learn more about Greg, listen to the episode and check the show notes. To learn more about how my business can help you share your company's story or learn more about your customers and prospects, please check out our website, www.jeff-ostroff.com. And please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Okay, let's get started. Well, hi, Greg. Welcome to Looking Forward Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. Hey, Jeff, good to see you. Well, it's great to have you on the show, Greg. I am very much interested in the topic that you're going to cover. It's an exciting trend. But before we get into that, I'd like to ask you, since you have become an expert of sorts on fractional leadership, how did you get involved in that? What got you into this world of fractional leaders? An accident. An accident, not a car accident. (laughs) No, I'll tell you, there was one pivotal moment and I don't think I'll ever forget it. And it occurred one random Friday morning in July a few years ago when I got a phone call from my boss who I rarely got phone calls from. And since it came at a uh, a Friday morning, I knew what that call was all about. And it was a writing on the wall. And I was told regardless of how well we were doing, that that was that very day was my last day with the company. And mm. I was left shocked. Mm. So at that point, after you get over the bewilderment, you're like, okay, what are my next steps? My next steps were to call a few folks. I'd been dabbling around the idea of fractional leadership along my lines of expertise, which I really focus on partnerships and strategic alliances. And those first two phone calls I made after that dreaded call both turn into opportunities. And fortunately, since then, I've had a nice steady stream of client engagement since then, all fractional and all really leveraging what I do for a living, what I know most about business in the world. 
That's interesting. And it is so typical that one door closes. And if we have our eyes open, another one can open. Or even two. Or maybe even two. Right. Since we're talking about fractional leadership, Greg, a lot of people may not be familiar with what that is. I honestly wasn't familiar with it until very recently. And part of the reason why I think is because of you, because I know you've been talking about it. So can you help everybody who's not familiar with fractional leadership have a better understanding of what it is? Sure. Well, you've heard, Jeff, I'm sure in the technology space, software as a service has definitely come into into its own. And I think Microsoft was a big driver of that. SaaS, it's also known as in tech. It's a subscription type model. Well, this is not unlike that, where Microsoft now sells its software as a subscription, a monthly or an annual subscription, where it used to be, you remember the days when you used to get the floppy disks and you load them yes. onto into your computer and then you own the software and that's it until your computer or software died, right? And that was yes. it. You never got patched, you never updated it. It was your always work. Now it's changed where every month or every year you're getting it, you're re-upping and continually your product is getting, is being refined and monitored and fine-tuned. So it's the best of the best, but you pay for it in an ongoing fashion. This is almost the same thing. I've actually heard of fractional leadership as a service and expertise as a service, which I like that because essentially what a company is able to do is purchase just what they need, the expertise that they need for the duration that they need it. It might be a month is kind of short, but typically a 90-day engagement is not at all uncommon. It gives the executive the ability to get in, understand an environment, make recommendations, and even help implement where what we are not, we're really not consultants. And I hear that a lot. Oh, you're a consultant. The difference is, and not, then this is a knock on consulting, but it's, to, that's just an older model. I think, I think the fractional leadership is where we come in and we're actually practitioners. We don't make recommendations. We say, Hey, we work on a joint strategy and then we help implement that strategy, not mm. just saying, Hey, here's what I see. Why don't you go do this? It's a little bit of a different model. Yeah. And it's interesting that you almost anticipated what would have been my follow-up question. I'm thinking, that's what I did. I was a consultant, but not exactly that. It's an element of just-in-time kind of a service. It is just-in-time. And the beautiful thing about it, it's like a faucet. You can turn it on and off as you need it. Here's where I see it really shining. Startup businesses that don't necessarily have the capital to really invest in that level of executive leadership because it doesn't come. If you're buying 100% of that person, it's not inexpensive. And then those that are, what if they're seasonal? If they have high season where they really need to have some focus and just more all hands on deck, that may be an opportunity to pull on a fractional leader to help guide through that season, that busy season versus bringing somebody on, keeping them on payroll the entire year. So it just depends on the business need. It's much more flexible. The nice thing is you're not bringing on somebody that you have to necessarily educate. If you bring on the right person, they already know the basics of the business. What you're having to do is give them really the nuance to your specific application, your specific space. But once that's done, they really should be able to hit the ground running in very short order. Greg, you said people can almost be plugged into this, the fractional leaders. So is the expertise required subject matter specific? Or is it more generic? I'm a marketing expert. I'm going in there as a fractional leader. So for me personally, I do function as a fractional CMO, as a marketing leader. 
But my specific expertise or my specific passion really lies around partnerships and strategic alliances. What I'm trying to do, I'll give you an example. One of the companies I work with right now, I love the company. They're different. When I look at companies, I look at those that are not necessarily quote unquote me too companies. They have something that's nuanced that can maybe solve a pain that others are not solving in the space. And one that I'm working with right now is Advanced Sales AI out of Philadelphia. And the, the product is called Sales Path Plus. And it's in the, it's in the Salesforce ecosystem. That to me was super exciting because I, while I didn't know the ecosystem that well, I didn't know the players within that Salesforce space. I absolutely knew that there was a whole channel of consultants for their customers. They optimize Salesforce. They look for ways to make it better and more effective in organizations. So I thought, that's a great way for us to take this product, which is a sales product, the sales optimization product, and get that to market. Instead of going directly to market, which we do, but we also are doing it indirectly through channel through these consultants. And then we also realized, hey, there's another channel out there of sales gurus, essentially, that teach different methodologies. Wouldn't it be great for us to join forces with them to help them reinforce their teachings? So... They're teaching in a classroom. Now we're giving them a tool or whatever their secret sauce is. We can create a system around that. And now that follows the student out into the workplace to make them more effective at really deploying that sales methodology. So we uncovered two channels. Just by stepping back, like I always say, open the aperture. It's like instead of just staring at our customer with such intense focus, let's step back a little bit and let's see who else is interacting with our customer. And we came pretty quickly came up with these two different types of outside influencers that are really viable routes to market for us. Excellent. It reminds me of something I wrote about in a book years ago. I called it key influencers. Today we hear about influencers, social influencers, but it's the same idea of key influencers. Absolutely. I want to talk briefly about trends with you. Sure. You're the expert. You'll talk more about it. Fractional leadership. Do you know when it really came about? Is it just terminology for something that was going on 50 years ago? I know you talk about consulting. Is it relatively new? And why all of a sudden does it seem like it's emerging as a hot item? Well, I really think that it, I know it's been around. I don't know. I'm not an academic specifically to this, to the fractional leadership world. So I didn't really study the history of it, but I can tell you that it's been absolutely exacerbated, if that's the word, by COVID. Because what happened was companies changed, they changed dramatically in the way they were working from everything from geography and where they were working to how they were working. All of a sudden, it was possible to now have this remote workforce. So if you can have a remote workforce, why in the world do you necessarily have to have them 100% of the time? Why not have them a fraction of the time? You get 100% of the brain of these executives, but not a hundred. you're not paying for 100% of their time. So that to me was the, I think what really helped drive it. But think about it. We had the gig economy start, people started talking gig economy well before COVID, right? Yes. That's going back maybe 10 years. You've got Fiverr out there. You've got these different work sites, these platforms where people can get these micro gigs. I think what's happened with the fractional leadership, it's just moved up market. It's moved upstream. So it's the same concept, but applied now instead of around the tactical side of business, it's now also around the strategic side of business. Very interesting. You and I are both in North America. We're in the United States. We are. 
On looking forward, as you probably know, Greg, we focus on global markets. We're not just U.S.-centric, North America-centric. Is this something that is mostly a U.S. thing, or are you seeing this all over the world? Are these possibilities, we'll get into that soon, opportunities? Is this something that's emerging in other areas, other parts of the world? It's absolutely global. So my company, Plum UC, I've had my company for 10 years that I've always had almost, we'll use that word, the C word, almost as a consultancy in its earlier stages, um, but it's morphed a bit. But my company is actually under an umbrella of Partner Ready. So Partner Ready is an ecosystem. It's, a, it's an advisory firm that I work through. Think of it almost in the real estate space, how you have Remax and these different players, the global players, but you have, they're all, independent. those agents are not employees. They're independents that are under those umbrellas. This is a very similar type structure. And interestingly, speaking of global, I mean, I have counterparts right now in the UK and Singapore that are doing the exact same thing that I'm doing here in the US. So this is not at all tied to geographic boundaries. Wow. Now you mentioned partner ready. Are there other organizations, umbrella organizations that might be out there? There are. And what we're starting to see is they're starting to crop up more and more. And not only are there advisory services that are popping up, and these are people that have been in these leadership roles for enterprise, for organizations, for their careers. And now they're taking that knowledge and they're deploying it in a fractional way. So it's more and more they're taking that. They learn this in big business and now they're taking it downstream to smaller businesses, really giving the SMB mid-market access to a knowledge base that they wouldn't have had. They wouldn't have been able to afford previously. And then not only are there more of these firms, but there are now almost like support groups, if you will. I belong to a group called Fractional Connections. And that's a way you can go out and actually connect with others in the same boat. And it does become a bit of a support group. Definitely one of where you can network with other fractional leaders. You know, if I need to find, say I need a fractional CTO, the last that's certainly not in my sweet spot, then I actually can reach out to these folks and say, I have a client in this space. Here's what they're doing. Is there anybody that actually has a expertise in this field? And we get very specific. So these are popping up left and right to really support this new genre of executive. Yeah. And it reminds me of a couple of different things. One is I had a guest on who was talking about a real estate organization. Actually, excuse me. It was a job recruitment organization, executive search where they have these spinoffs all over the world and they reach out and connect with one another. I need somebody who's going to fill this position related to this job and whatever. And they would all pitch in and help out. And this is the same thing. The other thing is, and I can't remember what it was called right now, but I had an expert on who talked about in the nonprofit industry, they're doing similar things where they're tapping into these experts. I don't think they're calling them fractional experts, or fractional leaders, but they're doing similar kinds of things. They're being brought into startups to help them get going. What we really like to focus on, of course, on the show, Greg, is opportunities. Sure. We're looking at different target audiences who are seeking opportunities. We're looking at job seekers, could be their first job, their third job, career seekers, We've got a lot of people who either are changing a career, starting a career, or like me in a second career, mm-hmm. the entrepreneurial people, the startup types, freelancers, and investors. That's a whole bunch of different groups. You don't have to talk about all of them, but right. where? 
do you see opportunities for any of those different groups as it pertains to this new trend of fractional leadership? Well, I think this is not really for those that are just getting started out in a career. You really have to get your baseline of knowledge, get your experiences under your belt, and you usually get that through larger organizations or smaller shops, but as a dedicated resource to really get your feet under you. And then, quite frankly, you may do that several times. I'm almost embarrassed to admit I've probably done that a dozen times in my career. <laughs> but that, but what that's done, it's given me different perspectives. And from each of those opportunities that I've had, I've been able to take away some teachable moments. God knows I've learned a lot. Some things the hard way, sometimes the easy way, but usually not. I think what people need to understand is don't underestimate your knowledge. Over time, as you've been working, you have developed a knowledge base that you may not even realize. It's second nature to you. Like for me, it's partnerships, it's alliances. There are certain nuances to it that I don't even think about. To me, it's just second nature. And people ask me questions about it. And it amazes me that it's not common knowledge. So chances are you in your field, if you've been doing it, remember Malcolm Gladwell said, practicing something for 10,000 hours, you become an expert. You master that field. Well, that's roughly five years of working. You know, everybody who's listening here, if you've been doing something for five years, you have an expertise, whether you recognize that or not. Once you identify, okay, here's really what I know. Here's what I've learned through these years. I can take that and apply it, not necessarily to one company. I can apply that to multiple companies on a fractional basis. So that's, Jeff, where I really think the value is somebody who has the experience and they're looking to maybe take that and really parlay that into other organizations, not just one, but maybe do it fractionally over several organizations. I really hope you're enjoying this episode so far. If you are, can you please do me a small favor? Let some of your family members, friends, or others in your network know about it and about looking forward opportunities for job, career, business, and investment seekers. And hey, if you happen to like this podcast, my interviewing approach, or maybe even my voice, please consider checking out some of the many services my business provides. These include podcast hosting, creation and consulting, voiceovers, professional interviewing, production of audio or video profiles to help you sell your business, promote your services, increase your customers, or raise funding, and services to help you market to the large and growing seniors population. That's something I've actually written a book about. To learn more, please visit www.jeff-ostroff.com. You can also email me at jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Now let's get back to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. Greg, we're going to get more into tips, but just going back to what you were saying, looking at it from a different perspective, different way of looking at the opportunity. If I'm an entrepreneur, I'm not necessarily looking to become a member of a fractional leadership team, but I might want to use a fractional leader. And if I'm a corporation, I don't know if it'd be a big corporation, small, medium-sized corporation. I may want to tap into that. So is that an opportunity too? I don't know how familiar these organizations are with fractional leaders. I will say all of my clients that I'm working with at the moment, I would call them entrepreneurs. Absolutely. They are out there. They are smaller businesses in the tech space. 
that are looking to bring a product to market. So absolutely, if you are looking to build a business, why would you want to necessarily bring on an executive paying them definitely a healthy salary and then probably maybe a piece of equity when you in fact could bring on somebody with the same experience, same amount of experience, maybe even more specific because you've got a pool to choose from instead of one person that you're trying to get. You could actually tap into one of these channels of these fractional leaders, find exactly the skill set and the cultural fit, somebody that you're going to align with. Alignment is huge. I've worked with some shops where we just didn't, weren't necessarily on the same page. And that's okay. That's the beauty of fractional. If it's not a fit, totally cool. Go, we'll go do, I'm going to go do my own thing. They're going to go find somebody else. That is okay. It's acceptable. It's a lot more painful if you're doing that with a full-time employee. This makes it very easy to find that right fit. If you miss it the first time, you tweak it, you go back in, you find another leader to sit down and help you move your company forward. So entrepreneurs absolutely look to the fractional world. And you know what? Depending on your business model, an entrepreneur, I would argue that these fractional leaders that are out in the space are also entrepreneurs with a different bent. They're not looking to build one company. They're looking to take their expertise and lend it, add it to multiple companies to take them to market. That makes sense. I'm thinking of some other groups. Sure. Where there might be an opportunity here. Again, looking at it from the side of it's an opportunity for me to build my business as opposed to get a job or a career. Right. What about a franchisor or a franchisee? Would there be a need there? Well, it could be. And I do get those solicitations all the time. And I... It's just not how I've, how I see my career, what really is my passion. But think about it. A franchisee, they are a small business owner. They're just doing it under an umbrella. They need oftentimes different types of expertise. They need finance expertise. They may need technical expertise. They need marketing expertise, sales expertise. They very well may be able to benefit from this just like any other business owner. So I would say a franchisee, if they're looking to grow their business or if they have any gaps, in their talent pool, they have two choices. Either they go fill that gap with a full-time employee or they look to the fractional world to see if they could do it on a less than full-time basis. Okay. How about nonprofits? I mentioned earlier <laughs> nonprofits that I know a guy who, there was an expert on the show talking about something like this. Are there fractional leaders working with nonprofits? Are the nonprofits aware of the concept of fractional leadership? What can you say there? I would say yes. I think everyone's becoming aware of it. It is a relatively new phenomenon that, or it's becoming part of everyday vernacular, which it had not been previously. I work with a, someone who is in grant writing for Teresa Huff. She's wonderful. I met her recently and she has a focus. Her specialty is grant writing on teaching and actually offering this expertise to different nonprofits. So wouldn't you, I would almost argue that you, as a nonprofit, you'd be better bringing on that expert as opposed to hiring a grant writer and putting them on staff full time. Yeah, I think the concept applies pretty much all aspects of business. I will say when we're looking for opportunities, we definitely, as a fraction leader, it does come down to economics. You want to make sure that we are less expensive than a full-time employee, but it doesn't mean that we're inexpensive. So you just want to make sure that there's alignment. We're fiscally aligned. Let's put it that way. Oftentimes, the sweet spot for fractional leaders, if it's a startup, it's usually around that Series B because Series B, they've gotten some funding and they're looking at that point oftentimes to scale. That's where we at Partner Ready found some success because they're looking to take a, a concept and really expand that into market. And what we do is we focus on what we call ecosystem development. And that's really looking for all the way, you already referenced this a little bit, 
all those influencers that are impacting a customer, that's what we do is we try to find different ways to market to help that a software company or our customer go to market by identifying everybody within that ecosystem of their ideal customer profile. Okay. That helps clarify certainly quite a bit in terms of how you function. And another thing I want to ask you about, still in the opportunity realm, is you mentioned this yourself. You mentioned Fiverr. And I had a guest on my show, a guest expert, talking about Upwork. And I know there's free up and there's a lot of these. Is there an investment opportunity and or a business opportunity for somebody who takes the concept of fractional leadership forward in almost a public way. It doesn't have to go public, but they become a business unto themselves, a big consulting practice. Is that an opportunity? It's totally an opportunity. That's a business model. It's essentially, instead of saying, well, let's compare it to real estate. You have your sole guy that's out there oftentimes, they're selling, and they get to a point where they grow and their reputation grows. Then they build a team around them, right? And then you'll see those oftentimes and they're the ones that are generating lion's share of the activity in a market. So it's it's not un, unlike that in where you're building a practice around it. Yes, there are even companies that are out there that are that have brought on Partner Ready is a prime example, right? There's where a group of I, I'd say roughly yeah, yeah a, a dozen partner pros. We focus on partnerships around the world, and that's what Partner Ready has done. They pulled us together. To, so we can really leverage administratively and from a branding standpoint, yet we're all independent. So that is absolutely a business model. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Very interesting. Let's take a look now into the future because that's why we call it looking forward. It's not just positive. I'm looking forward to ice cream, right? It's <laughs> I'm looking forward. I'm thinking a little bit ahead. And we like to ask our guest experts like you, Greg, not to look 30 years ahead. Forget it. But just through the rest of this decade, what is your best guess as to how the appeal of fractional leaders will evolve? What might happen by 2030? What do you think? Well, Jeff, honestly, I may not be the best person to ask for a prediction because I was asked this for an interview around, gosh, early 20 teens about what I felt was the most overhyped technology. And I so eloquently said the iPad. So <laughs> clearly I'm not the best person to ask because I, and, but the, the funny thing, strangely enough, I was right for me because I, to this day, have not really found a good use for an iPad. I've got my phone and I've got my laptop, but that's beside the point. Looking forward, I think for employment trends, for opportunity trends, I really do see this, see the fractional world continuing the upper trends simply because it meets the needs of both sides. It meets the, si- the need of the business because you're able to get expertise without having to a deep onboarding and a long education period to get a resource up to speed to have them hit the ground running. And then it certainly meets the need of, we do have a bit of an aging workforce. We take this knowledge, we could do one of two things with it. We either double down and we sit when we, and we park ourselves with a company until we retire. Or we take that and apply it over and over again. And I think what we're starting to see is a lot less of the former. I think there are a lot more situations on both sides. From the very early on, earlier in your career, there's a lot more movement. I don't know the stat, but I'd be hard pressed to say, I, I, would, I don't think people stay in jobs much longer than 24, if not 18 months, 
right now, especially in the tech space. And that's not because it's oftentimes because of opportunity, right? There are more opportunities. So they don't necessarily want to stay put. My son's in that situation right now. He's getting ready to graduate and he's got his first job and it's going to be a great job. But I don't envision him being there in 10 years. I just don't. If he is, great. But the beauty is that's no longer the expectation, nor is it the only option. So I do think the world of fractional leadership is really just getting started. And I hope so. I think it's great for everybody. It's really fun for us to take on new projects. The thrill you get when you start a new job. Well, we get that same thrill every 90 to 180 to 360 days. That's a beautiful thing to be able to bring what you do to a new environment and really move the needle. A couple of thoughts there. I like the way that you wove indirectly the longevity economy into this which is another topic we've covered and something I focused on many years ago and looking at the future. And that is that people may not want to retire. They may want to keep working or maybe now they may not even take it to retirement. They'll leave before they retire and move on and apply their expertise. The other thing is, as I think about fractional leadership, it reminds me almost of what I'll call consulting 102. I did this stuff, but the difference is I guess, in the implementation aspect. It was mainly you told people, this is what you need to do, but the big difference is we're taking it a step further, if I've gotten that correct. Yeah, and I do think, when I think of a consulting firm, you think of the leading consulting firms, Deloitte, Accenture, when they go on projects, they've got all different levels of expertise, and they have their junior folks that usually start out, and they're on the road. They're the road warriors out there working with clients. This is really meant for to short circuit all of that and go right to the expert, but you're not paying for them for the full engagement by focusing on just that little tiny short span. It's almost like leasing for a weekend a Maserati instead of going out and buying it. You get the experience you without actually having to really commit long term to it. It's a good example. We love to have our guest experts provide a couple or so tips to our listeners, because it isn't just about telling people about opportunities on looking forward. It's about giving them a step or two to begin to capitalize. Sure. We're mentioning a variety of different possibilities here, investors, entrepreneurs, small, medium-sized businesses, individuals who may want to move into this as a job. Mm -hmm. It's hard to give advice to everybody, and you've given some advice already. What would be some sound tips that you could add to everything that you've said, Greg? Well, know your product. And in this particular case, the product is you. It's your knowledge base. It's what you do. It's how you help a company. So once you understand that, that is your value add. Now what you do is you take your value add and you take that to your audience. I would say starting immediately from the minute you hear these words going forward, focus on developing, nurturing your network. I am a LinkedIn junkie. Absolute junkie. So I would stay on there every single day. I usually am on it before my feet hit the floor out of bed. So I would say if you're not doing it already, start spending time in there. Interact with your contacts. Reach out to new contacts. Find groups that are within your area of expertise. With me, I focus on ecosystem, partnerships, strategic alliance groups, and connect with people in those groups. And the fun thing is when I'm a member of that group, the fellow members, they reach out to me as well. So it's nice and it becomes a two-way street. And when you start to interact, when you see an article or you see a post from somebody in your space that's, that might be an influencer, like it, 
comment on it, repost it with your comments, with your thoughts, add yourself to that conversation and you become a part of that world. Don't be afraid to self-promote. You must network 100% all the time and just understand your expertise and don't be afraid. I fought that term for a long time saying, I'm not an expert. I, I just, I'm a student of X, pick it. Yeah. Honestly, when you start to do something long enough, you do become an expert, meaning you're just ahead of the curve. You don't have to have all the answers. You're just ahead of the curve. Find out where that is for you. Focus on it, double down, and go build your network. Great tips. Really great tips. And so often, we underestimate the value of an area where we really may be a quote-unquote expert in. I know that's been true in my career. So thank you for sharing those great tips. Of course. Greg, what's the best way for our listeners to find out more about you, about Plum Unified Communications, Partner Ready, and whatever else you'd like them to know about? The best thing, just find me on LinkedIn. That's really the best thing. Because like I said, I'm literally there every day. So if you find me right after this session, chances are we will have connected within the next few hours. So if you just go to LinkedIn, just Greg Plum, it's super simple. I think I'm the only one out there with that name and it's easy to find. And like I said, I self-promote quite a bit and would love to connect with you. So that's definitely the way to go. Would love to connect with anybody in your audience, Jeff, and certainly appreciate the opportunity to chat and, and have this conversation. It's been fun. Terrific. And I have to let everybody know, you shouldn't think that this episode was sponsored by LinkedIn, okay? No. We both use LinkedIn and we both love LinkedIn. I will say that. Correct. Greg, it has been wonderful having you on. Looking forward to opportunities for job, career, business, and investment seekers. A lot of great information, an exciting trend that can benefit a lot of different people in different ways. So thanks again. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate the opportunity. It's been good chatting with you. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. I hope you've enjoyed it and will benefit from it. And if you did like it, please share this episode with anyone you know who you think might also find it of value. And if you have any comments or questions about Looking Forward or any suggestions for future topics or guest experts, you can reach me at the website www.jeff-ostroff.com or through my email address jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Thanks.